Hey, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm sitting here with one of the other partners, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. And, uh, and we're going to talk about actually, we're going to talk about Florida today, Elizabeth. So you and I are going to be out all week going to a, a, a big seminar, a big annual seminar in Florida that has been going on for 25 years except for the last couple of years when it has been largely virtual. Um, but, uh, but we're both speaking there. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that program and the kinds of things that we do and the things we're known for nationally and what we talk about. I'm going to ask you in a minute about what your topic is and what you plan on saying. But first, I think we need to explain why this is in Florida and why it's not in Texas, because it's at the Stetson University College of Law. I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but the first time I ever heard of Stetson, I assumed it was in Texas. Well, Robert, no, it's it's actually in Florida, and, it, and the campus is absolutely beautiful. And you've been teaching at Stetson for a number of years now. I have. Uh, it's in St. Petersburg, Florida, to be, to be precise. And the program is an annual program that has been going on for, I think it's 24 years now. I am the only human being who has spoken at every one of those sessions. That's that's my that that will be on my tombstone. The only real achievement of my life. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, this year, um, I'm actually doing two different presentations. You're doing one present. Oh wait, I'm doing three presentations. Oh my gosh! Wow, Robert. Normally you do like six, <laughs> and you're still madly <laughs> drafting your presentations hours before you present. You're quite prepared this year. Well, one of the things that old age brings you is the wisdom to get co-presenters who will do all the drafting, <laughs> and I've been pretty good about that. Uh, well, let's let's uh, let's talk about topics. I'll I'll go first. Actually, uh, I'm speaking on, and part of the reason we're talking about this, by the way, is because we will be out of the office, and so we're recording this in advance for our weekly podcast, which will will drop, as we say in the podcasting industry, <laughs> while we're in Stetson. Uh, and uh, my first program will have just gotten over about the time this goes up on the on our website. Uh, and on our podcast list. My first topic will be to talk about the SECURE Act, the setting up every community for, I forget actually exactly what SECURE stands for, but it's a retirement law. And, uh, and it's had big changes affecting special needs trusts particularly. Uh, and, and so I'll be talking about that with a co-presenter, my good friend Dennis Sandoval from California. Dennis is a terrific guy and somebody who you've been lucky to know and fortunate to work with for a number of years. I really uh, enjoy doing programs with Dennis. One of the reasons I like do, doing programs with him is he is a very big-time California wine lover and, uh, and very frequently brings along a bottle of wine to, to send home with me. Maybe this year I'll remember to take a bottle of Arizona wine to send home with him. And Robert, when we talk about SECURE, we've actually had a number of discussions on the podcast already about the SECURE Act. So um, for our listeners today, go back and, and peek through the archives. We also have some great newsletters. But yeah, SECURE is a, a real game changer, particularly when we look at extending or stretching out a retirement plan for somebody who qualifies as a dis disabled beneficiary. It's, and, um, and there have been small changes. It's, it continues to evolve, and there is an act in Congress that will make some more changes that will have 
significant positive effects on special needs trusts if they pass. Looks like they probably will, but, uh, but Congress is a little bit otherwise occupied right now. So that's the first day. On the second day, you're talking. What are you talking about, Elizabeth? Well, so I've been asked to talk a little bit about preparing for a initial consultation with a special needs planning focus. So that might mean meeting with somebody about a third party special needs trust. That might mean having a discussion with an attorney outside of our practice regarding a settlement and what to do with those funds if the plaintiff has special needs. So the presentation is going to be pretty broad. Robert, I'm going to be talking a little bit about things that actually we've talked about on the podcast. The big questions with an initial consultation, who is your client? Who will be your client? What do those initial conversations look like? What kinds of facts do you need to gather? You and I both know that it is really complicated sometimes to understand what benefits somebody's receiving. It's not uncommon for somebody to think maybe they're getting social security disability when in fact they're getting social security disability and perhaps some SSI. Um, so we're going to be talking about how to gather facts. What are the important things to think about in an intake conversation before setting a consultation? And assessing a case and seeing whether or not on the onset this is really going to be something that your practice has the bandwidth, the expertise, the capacity to handle. So it's really going to be more practice management focused, Robert. And the folks who attend this conference every year are real diverse group of people. You've got trust officers who come from different national banks. You've got attorneys from all over the country. It's, it's really a, a pretty striking group. And so I think that most of the people who will be attending my presentation will be attorneys. We are a little bit of a, an outlier in this in this group, this National Special Needs Trust program, because we're one of the few, not not really rare, but one of a handful of offices that both represent trustees and draft trusts for them, and also act as trustee. And so you're uniquely well positioned to talk about about that initial appointment, because you have both um, perspectives while you're having a, a first conversation with people. And I think that'll be great for both the lawyers who are representing trustees and the trustees in the room. Um, as I say, there are a handful of law firms that act as trustee on a regular basis, including my good friend, our good friend, Robert Fechtman out of Indiana, who is the co-presenter for the next program you and I are doing, and that is the Special Needs Trust Update which is an annual thing that happens on the last day of, of the program uh, at Stetson every year. Um, I've been doing that either alone or with Rebecca Morgan, who was a co-presenter for a long time, or with, with Robert Fechtman for 19 years. This will be the 19th time I've done it. So um, we're closing in on uh, the 20th anniversary of the Special Needs Trust Update. And, and what we do is talk about developing administrative things. We'll talk a little bit about the SECURE Act again, a little bit about the FinCEN developments, the Financial Crime Enforcement Network, which is going to require reporting of all sorts of, of things that most people don't now report, like LLC creation and, and uh, uh, membership. Um, they all have to be reported on a federal level to try to combat money laundering. And, uh, and then we talk about recent cases, cases in the last year involving special needs trusts. 
Um, and then um, the last session I'm going to be involved in is an ethics session. I love the title, Ethics Never Takes a Day Off. And, um, and, and that's, that's going to be fun to talk about because it's easy to do ethics presentations because the answer is always, gosh, I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, and ethics is a big concern. I know this is something that you think about a lot, Elizabeth, as a, as a relatively younger participant in these developments. You came to them um, as a fully formed project, that is to say, the, the special needs trusts were fully formed. I kind of grew up with them and, and everything was incremental. So what do you think about ethics and special needs? Well, I think that'll be an interesting topic, Robert. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I am one of the people here in our office, along with you, that looks at compliance issues all the time, both for Fleming and Curdy and what we're doing advising people and when we are serving in a fiduciary capacity. But we also really look at the ethics as it relates to conversations with our clients and, and what they need to be doing and how they need to be reporting. And and um, sometimes there are some pretty big elephants in the room. So I think that sounds like an interesting presentation. I'm actually doing uh, some moderating on Saturday. There's a meeting of the Special Needs Alliance, which is a great group, Robert, that will ha follow the meeting, uh, the Big Stetson Conference. The Special Needs Alliance is something that you've been instrumental in supporting and establishing, and it's a great group of folks from around the country. It's a small group, invitation only, and the conversation that I'll be moderating on Saturday actually has to do with trust funding, uh, specifically looking at funding special needs trusts. And this podcast, we've actually talked about trust funding before. So how do you make some decisions around what to put in a special needs trust? What are some of the things to be aware of? And um, I'm looking forward to that conversation. So yeah, we'll have a good time. The Special Needs Alliance sort of grew out of this annual Special Needs Trust program at Stetson. It was an opportunity for a lot of nationwide practitioners to get together. And we began to realize that we really needed an organization uh, of, of the lawyers who were most commonly doing special needs work. So um, that all happened. I think you were in the third or fourth grade at the time, Elizabeth. Pro probably. <laughs> but it's been, you know, these, these conferences really are special opportunities to connect with people from around the country. And it's exciting. You know, our practice, Robert, is a national practice, although we live here in Tucson, Arizona, and we practice law and follow the rules in Arizona. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to consult on cases across the country or service as a fiduciary in cases that may be outside of Arizona. So mm -hmm. one of the other things that I enjoy about the conference is it happens to be a fun time to talk shop. And um, every once in a while, we learn about an interesting case that somebody may need our help with. And so I do enjoy that. In fact, while we're in Florida, I'll be slipping away from the conference to go visit the soon-to-be 18-year-old beneficiary of a trust that we established whose family moved to Florida after the trust was set up in Arizona. So uh, you're right. It's, it, although we don't intend to be a national firm and we don't know how to practice law in every state, we just practice law in Arizona, but, but our reach as trustees and experts in the area um, often extends beyond Arizona's borders. So off to Florida, and uh, folks, we will be back, uh, assuming no hurricanes catch us off guard in Florida. I think we're done with that cycle. Um, I hope, cross fingers, tap on wood, and um, 
next week. Please join us again for another episode of Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. You've been listening to me and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, my partner and co-presenter on these podcasts. We hope you will join us again next week. Talk to you then.